All right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And welcome back to the Know Your Role Play. <coughs> your host, J215 Forever. All right. Listen, you already know what it is. Y'all can follow your boy on IG and on my IG page. Y'all follow the podcast page. That's K N O W Y A R O L E P L E Y E R underscore podcast. Or you can hashtag Know Your Role Player. W Y A R O L E P L E Y. This podcast is sponsored by the Anchor app. Once you download the Anchor app, you can search Know Your Role Player, whether you have Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, or many, many more. It'll automatically give you the notification for new episodes, right? Keep it real simple and brief. Today is Sunday, July 18th, all right? We are back. We're going to talk a lot. Um, Got a lot of good feedback from um, Mock Draft 2.0. But we got a guest again. Frank, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everyone? Oh, man. And listen, we couldn't put this pod off. I don't really like having the pods like this close to each other because the last one was really less than But you got to give the people what they want. And we had a great, great, exciting game between the Bucks and the Suns. All right? So let's jump right in. Let's not even play around with it. Uh, give me one second so I can pull up the stizzets. All right, so the Bucks defeated the Suns one twenty three to one nineteen. The Bucks are now up three games to two after being down zero two for the series. They have one more game, um, to play to win the championship. One game, all right. Game six is back in Milwaukee, so they have a chance to get it done on the home floor. But without any further ado, man, this game had a lot. A lot going on. So um, I'm going to give the I guess, in French, talk to me about this game because this game went a lot of different directions. It really did. Um, you know, the best way for me to describe this game, there's a new rapper out that I like a lot, and his name is Rumble, and he's got a song called Touchable. And the whole point of the song is sometimes in life we big things up or big people up to be like these untouchable figures. And in sports a lot, these untouchable teams. And coming into this finals, the Suns looked almost untouchable, right? They had one slip-up against the Lakers, and they had one really bad game against the Clippers. But for the most part, the te- they, pl- they were playing like a team. Yep. Fast forward to game three of the finals, which is when everything changed. The Suns stopped playing like a team. It started with Devin Booker, I need to make sure I get mine. And that didn't happen in game three. And they lost, right? That was the bad Devin Booker game. Right. Game four, Devin Booker, I really need to get mine. He goes off. The rest of the team, except for Jay Crowder, is sitting there looking terrible. And then game five, what did we say? Drew Holiday shows up, and Chris Paul doesn't. Then we said Milwaukee had a really good chance to win. Oh, Drew Holiday showed up in a big way in game five Mm -hmm. from the start. And Chris Paul... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even though he finished with a good stat line. And this is when sometimes stat lines are misleading. He was ineffective on both sides of the basketball for three quarters. Mm. He had a really good last minute of the third quarter, fourth quarter. It just wasn't enough. At that point, Milwaukee had already done the bulk of their damage. And I'm going to say one name. I'm passing it back to you. Where the hell is DeAndre Ayton. 
Well, it's funny that you said, Mr. Eaton, because you say stats are misleading. DeAndre Eaton finished with 20 and 10. So it's kind of tough, but it, it didn't seem – so he got some stuff early. Let's go back real quick before we do like – um. let's go back to the first quarter. So the first quarter, the Suns completely dominated, right? 37 to 21. They're hitting shots. I think Crowder hit two threes early on. Booker was getting going. The Bucks had like six turnovers in the first quarter. Everything possible that could go wrong for the Bucks went wrong. But then the most funny thing happened. The Suns had to go to their bench. And as soon as they went to their bench, um, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Porters, Pat Connaughton, Middleton, and Holiday started going off. They made a lot of their run without even Giannis back in the game and got that game all the way back down to six. Then Giannis came in, and they took over and wound up taking the lead at halftime. They never looked back. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that first to second quarter transition where they kind of punched the Bucks in the mouth, and in the second quarter they got punched back in the mouth, they were kind of stunned and never recovered from that. Now, there's a lot of things that's going on. You said DeAndre Eaton. I don't think he was dominant, but he, like I said, he had 20 and 10, so I can't say he didn't show up, but like I said, he scored early. I, I felt like, I don't know, I, I just, he didn't see that 20 and 10. He's had games 17 and 14. He's like, yo, this guy's getting every offensive rebound. Yeah, so I think what really – okay. So the first quarter, right, like you said, they came out on fire. And it was a, it was weird because if you actually looked at the stat line in the first quarter, and this is what I'm talking about, Chris Paul had two points, right? right? But they were up – and this is because Crowder had eight, uh, Bridges had like five, Booker had 11, Aiton had like – but it was everyone. And I think sometimes we forget, like, we're so stat-driven in sports that we always want to run to the stat line. It doesn't always just show it because in that second half, it's had an opportunity to re-control, right, early mm-hmm. on. And they just – they couldn't do it because at this point, right, like, okay, we don't give Milwaukee enough credit because what makes Milwaukee a team, which not a lot of ability to come like, they can get quick offense, and it's not just threes. Like, they get right. up and down the court just quick, even after made baskets. Right. It's like one pass, half court, cross half court, pass, layup three. And with Phoenix, once they started to get down a little bit, right, like when it started to just stay around seven, eight points, I thought in my mind, I was like, okay, this is a problem because I don't know how Phoenix can come back. That's not what their team is predicated to do, but they almost did it. Devin Booker in the fourth quarter started to come up clutch. Too late. It's like if Phoenix doesn't have the lead, they don't have that same swag about them when they – that same energy. Yeah, and let me get in here real quick. So the Suns wind up outscoring the Bucks 29-23. They were up, I think, about 13 points at one time. They got the lead back down to 10. 
But for the most part, you felt comfortable that the Bucks were going to pull this thing out and win by at least seven or eight points. Phoenix continued to make inroads. And again, this game should not have been this close. There's a couple of things that the Bucs need to do moving forward as far as taking care of the ball, running more efficient offense, having your best five players out on the court. But again, I got to give Coach Bud some credit. He put some good lineups out today, all right? He put some good lineups. The defensive strategy was strong. Holiday brung it. Holiday, Holiday is, a, is a shift changer for He's not as bad as a shooter as the shooting was. And, again, whenever he got hot, we kept saying, dog, if they can get that third score, you got three guys and 20-plus points, you just need one or two role players just to show up. Yep. And you're good. You know what yep. I'm saying? So, Holiday, real quick, let me let me give my man some love, former Sixer. Um, 27 points, 13 assists, which he always has more assists than you realize, which is like a crazy thing. Yeah. Um, Three out of six from the three-pointer, but listen, he was hitting them things, all right? He might have only hit three things, hit three threes, but he was so efficient. Like, almost every shot he take was money, like pull-up jump shot, go to the rim. Everything he did was efficient. They were assertive moves, something we talked about in the series time and time and again, assertive, efficient moves. Um, giving a love to a couple other players. Listen, Pat Connaughton. Yes, sir. And- Paying him, he might have to get like a bonus or something because four out of six from the three point line, 33 minutes. And listen, even though Devin Booker can score him one on one, that's not a disservice to Connaughton. Still playing good defense, it's just that Devin Booker is hitting some tough shots. That's okay, he's a talented player, he'll hit some tough shots. But the thing is, it's not sustainable. Now, you get you can ask French, even when Devin Booker went on his run in the fourth quarter, I was like, yo, that's not sustainable. Just going one on one, he was killing PJ Tucker. I said, dog. When they put Holiday or somebody better on him, he's going to have some problems. Yeah. And speaking of Holiday, the play of the game, Devin Booker is driving to his left side. I think P.J. Tucker cuts him off. He tries to do a little backspin dribble, and as soon as he turns, Holiday rips the ball from him, all right? They're in the other direction in a fast break. But ahead of Holiday, so he's trying to cut him off. Giannis is in the rearview mirror. He comes up. Chris Paul tries to get doesn't in time. Giannis dunks the ball and won a super boneheaded play because I don't think no matter the only way Chris Paul could have stopped Giannis if he did something really dirty. And I don't think he, he yep. almost, you know, but no, Giannis he tried to. Wrong. Yeah, but no, Giannis we, we let him off the hook. He tried no, no, to. I'm, I'm not. There's no hook. But he he pushed them in the air, but Giannis is dumb strong. So if that was an average player, they might have went a little flying, but Giannis was like, eh, get a ball. And it was a really dumb foul because if he does, if he lets him just dunk the ball, remember they're only they were only down one. There's still a one possession game. Yep. With about what ten or twelve seconds left. But it was still a one possession game. Yeah, because that's Giannis the thing. Missed the free throw. Yeah, and he missed the free throw. They got the rebound, didn't they? The offensive rebound to Chris Middleton. Yeah, and then Middleton hit two free throws, and that was yep. pretty much it. Like, and so listen, it, it the margin of error in the finals in the playoffs is so. So small. Um, talking about a couple other guys, Miles Bridges played solid. He hit three threes for a rebound, 13 points. Um, Crowder played really good. He actually, Kyle, Kyle, Crowder, excuse me, played weird because he hit those two threes in the first quarter and he was open most of the game and he kind of yep. just left after that. It was like 13 and minutes. He had 40 minutes in that game. So a little bit of a disappointing for, uh, game for Crowder. 
I don't know what Cam Johnson has to do to play. I'm giving up on it, though. I just, I guess he doesn't trust him more than 20 minutes a game. To me, he's up as far as one of the uh, role players on the team. Every time he shoots the ball, I think it's going in. Yeah. And I just don't get it. So we'll see what well, happens as far as going. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What, I just want to throw a couple names, just a couple names at you, and then I'm going to ask you a quick question. Yep. All right, you you know who Robert Horry is, right? Yes, sir. Uh, how about Derek Fisher? Yep. How... Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, here's another one. How about uh, John Hornacek? John Hornacek. Okay. Do you know what those four players all have in common? What's that? Well, they were all good role players for teams that ended up going to a finals. And all of those players hit big shots in order to either win a championship or get their team to a finals. Mm-hmm. And I say that because you talked about that last play with Devin Booker, and it happened also in game four with Chris Paul. Drew Holiday came away with the rip. I think because of how poorly their role play, they are not games. But outside of Michael Jordan, you don't have that moment uh-huh. from a Kobe or a LeBron where they hit the game winner in the finals. You have to trust other guys. You're going to get doubled. You're On that play with Devin Booker, there were people open. Right. But he needed to make the shot because the other guys were not stepping up. Right. Um, we talked about the, um, the Devin Booker play Uh I don't think it was a choke moment. Frances said it was a choke moment. Here's my argument. If a first-team all-defensive player makes a great play, and look, he kind of turned around and was just kind of like he was in no man's land. He would have took a bad jump shot. I just think he got got, man. I just think sometimes your opponent is better than you, and I think Holiday just got the best of him on that possession, man. And I think he had the game of his life. Now, listen, game six in Milwaukee, before French – switched sides and then came back to the Buck sides. He originally did pick, I'm going to give him a teeny bit of credit because he bailed on this pick. He originally did pick the uh, the Bucks and Six. Alright? Are you sticking by your original pick with the Bucks and Six? Do you like the Bucks to win the next game? I mean, I've been flip-flopping, so I might one more time. Um, no, Whoa. I don't. <laughs> and this is actually only for one reason and one reason only. Uh, I've heard people like you and other people that I respect their basketball opinion tell me how great oh, I was. I always thought was great. I just never right. thought he was. And I'm gonna. This is for y'all because this is his. This is his only chance. You know, some guys only make one finals, right? Like everyone, like you know, we've been spoiled with LeBron and Jordan and Kobe, guys that have made more. And one, and even Steph Curry to an extent. But realistically, even great players, they get one shot. And I just think Chris Paul, one shot, call him 35 Chris, game six. 35 Chris. Wow. So French thinks Chris Paul will have 35 points in a game six. Hey, listen, man, that'd be really great for him because, like I said, regardless of a series, it's very important for him to play well for his own legacy, man. Um, these are legacy moments for him. He's got the Suns winning, obviously. I am going to also stick with the books. 
right. <laughs> I think they're winning at home. I picked. I know I picked Bucks and seven, but hey, it's I, I just think that Giannis can say, "Yo, I can bring it this game." DeAndre Ayton actually played really good defense on Giannis. You know what happened? It didn't matter. Giannis was shoulder bumping him. He just went right at him and said, "It don't matter that you're guarding me well. I'm still going to score." I think Milwaukee's role players are play good. Kanz is playing good. Holiday got his groove back. Holiday at home. Middleton was okay. A better Middleton game. Come on, Adam. Actually, Middleton was better than okay. Finished with twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, wait, just think I have a question gonna... then for you, Jay. All right. Based on what you just said, right? If the Bucks come out and Giannis plays as hard as he possibly can, and say they lose the game by like single di- like you know less than five, five or less, mm-hmm. that pretty much mean game seven is automatically Phoenix. Like Giannis just empties the tank and nah, it again. So the thing to remember that the game five one is really crucial. It's a tied series, and this kind of changes the series and puts the series in a shorter predicament for the end of the series. Milwaukee won a must-win game on the road. They got punched in the mouth. They can do it again. And again, sometimes playing at home is tough because that pressure can kind of build on you. Yeah. And you kind of expect at playing at home, like, all right, we're going to play with energy. We're going to hit shots. We're going to play smart defense. We're going to be connected. And sometimes you start playing bad, and now you keep looking at the clock. It's only the second quarter, but now you're in your own head. Now your confidence is gone. Okay. Now you're not playing the same. Now you're Devin Booker, and even though you're hitting shots, the offense is gone, and it's just literally you going one-on-one versus P.J. Tucker. Yeah. And even though he hit four shots in a row, I was like, yo, it's not sustainable. They switch holiday on him, miss the next two, and they just stop the running same. offense. And you're cheesy. Right. With iso ball, you know, frustrated. This isn't the Cavaliers when they won the chip that had a bunch of on the bench, it had the Suns don't have the luxury these other teams have. Right, they don't. They, it's that simple. And like you said about Cam Johnson, this is it, Monty Williams. It's game six. There, there's not even the the word hooks. Not even a word in game six. On the road, must win. Mikael Bridges misses one shot. Cam Johnson should go in the. Game. Right. That's how I feel about. It. Like yeah, so one shot. Yeah, so like I said, uh, French is going with the Phoenix. I'm gonna stick with my Bucks um, in Game Six, but it'll be exciting. Game Six is Tuesday, and if I just want to look at the line right now, see what we got going on. I think I saw Milwaukee favored by around five. That's crazy. So, uh. You said Milwaukee favored by five. I think that's what I yeah, saw Milwaukee last night. is favored by five right now. Um, like I said, <laughs> two things can happen. That's high. Five's high. I would like three, but five's kind of high. Yep. Um, like I said, you can even play great and dominate at home, or you can play overconfident and stink up the joint. Milwaukee plays great at home. It's, it's they're probably the best team where they're going to get their best effort at home. So that's a good thing to look behind. Remember the series they were down two nothing, and they came back and actually took the lead so we're gonna see what happens all right yep. uh any last thoughts on the game the only parting thought i'll have is this does cameron Payne maybe make an appearance in the nba finals for the first time just a uh, thought for some people 
Cameron Payne's been okay. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, you know, he's had some moments, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can expect a backup point guard to be the series changer. I think the Hall of Fame starting point guard has to play like the Hall of Fame starting point guard. You know what I'm saying? That's my take on that. All right. Back by popular demand. I took a little episode off for something or nothing because I didn't want to be uh, too redundant. But we're bringing it back. Something or nothing. All right. Let's go with our first one. Something or nothing, French. The Jazz have shown openness to trading Bogdan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles for a significant upgrade. This is something. This would be, in my opinion, a massive mistake. Period. Um, I do think that they should make a trade. I don't think those are the two players that you trade, right? I think Joe Ingles' versatility is irreplaceable in the NBA. You're talking about a guy that shoots career over 40% from the three-point line. He's a pesky defender. He gets under guys' skin, and he can start or come off the bench. Either way, he's still going to give you similar production. Bogdanovich is someone I like because he's a legitimate floor stretcher. Right, he for he's done this for them for two seasons now. To me, the places that they need to fix are the four position with this Royce O'Neal stuff. And I like Royce O'Neal. He's not a starting four. And what they're going to do about Mike Conley? If they're keeping Mike Conley, getting rid of those guys, and maybe bringing back a piece, then all right, let's see if that happens. But yeah. I don't know how they're keeping Mike Conley. Somebody has to explain that to me. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to disagree with that one. Uh, this is another one, and we talked about Dame Butler. And I don't want to get too um, talking about the same topics, but I he's playing defense right now. So listen, article is funny. Lillard denies trade report, but wants urgency. All right, and let me give you a couple quotations. <clears throat> right now, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. That's what he said. What I can say is my intentions and my heart will all has always been on being a trailblazer uniform for my entire career. But I think over time, you want to win it all. And I want to win it all in a trailblazer's uniform. But we have been, but all we have to be making strides towards that. But we all have to be making strides towards that. Excuse me. Dog. Uh, let me give him, uh, finish this last question. The best way to put it is to be more urgent about what our next step is and how far we've moved. We're not a bad team. We're, win- we're a winning team. We've got a great environment. We've got a great city. We've got great fans. There's a lot of positives. I just think that we reached a point where it's like, okay, it's not enough. Do we actually want to win it all? Is that what we're shooting for? We've got to do things to show that. we got to put forth action behind that. The desire to- That's been my only thing this entire time. Doug, this whole statement, and these are exact quotes because I don't want to put no words in that young man's mouth. It's literally like hedging yourself. It's like I'm saying this and I'm still showing the love. Dude, when you request a trade, you become the bad guy. And listen, you won't be the bad guy forever. Listen, he's not James Harden where he put on weight and he just quit on the court throwing passes out of bounds. He's not that. Even if he requests a trade, he'll always show up and be professional. He is a leader, all right? That's what you can expect from him. But again... You got to just request a trade, man. I feel like it's coming, and it's almost like, yo, let me still keep showing the love. And 
I don't know if you agree with me. I just feel like he's playing the fence, man. So, I have n- I've yet to kill Damian Lillard in his career, but I'm gonna do it right now. Um, you can't start punking out now that you're a super grown man, right? Now that you're making all this money, now that you're you're grown, you know you're really MVP discussions early in the season, right? Don't punk out on me now. You have two choices. Either say, listen, guys, I'm sorry. We're not good enough. I want out. I want to win. And do that and, and deal with the fallout. Or why don't you could take the Kobe route or the LeBron route. Hey, guys, listen. The dudes you put around me, they suck. We need to. <laughs> you know, how about we call out CJ McCollum if I'm Damian Lillard? Where were you at in the Denver series, bro? I was down mm. here getting busy. Mm. North funny note on that. had a game. He was getting busy. Yeah, funny note on that. Kobe actually did request a trade. He did. Lakers were like, no, and we got Paul Gasol. But that was the official pressure. Could you, you know, let's look back on that. People can imagine, listen, people don't remember. After the check, it was the ugly period for the Lakers. Yes. And Kobe got tired of it. He was like, yo, y'all either going to figure this out or I'm bouncing. And guess what? They figured it out with what? Pressure. You start players, you have power. Use it. So, Dean, y'all figure it out. If y'all don't make a move this offseason, I'm out. But wait, Jay, That's let me ask it. you a question. Let me ask you a question, too. Because part of this is on Dame Lillard. What was the biggest move y'all made last offseason? Resigning Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I, I think didn't hear none of this for, talk. Uh, Covington, I think. Yeah, but he was, I'm saying, like, after, after the bubble season, there was none of this, I want to, oh, we're not good enough, yada, yada. You had the same team. Right. You upgraded Norm pa- to Norm Powell from Gary Trent. Right. And then what? Oh, now I look at the rosters and what? Oh, <laughs> supposed to be good enough. It was supposed to be you and McCollum were supposed to be good enough if they put a couple other pieces around you. Like, you're telling me that that roster is not more talented on paper than the Suns roster? Come on, yeah, as man. deep as that team is, maybe you know what it is. Maybe they just need Zach Collins back. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just need Zach. Zach Collins, Collins has re-injured his ankle, refractured no, his ankle. I said so it. I don't think that's happening. Um, yeah, I'm tired of talking about Damian Lillard. I just think he needs to demand the trade. I think he doesn't want to be the bad guy, and I get it. Like, so yo, you are loved in Portland, dog. It's not just you. It'll it'll happen. It'll move on. He just turned 31 on Thursday, so happy birthday, Dean. Dog, demand the trade, man. Listen, yeah. you just talked about you want to win. I we, Listen, we remember the playoffs versus the Nuggets on how he went off like 50 points, and it wasn't enough. Yep. He literally emptied the clip, had his greatest game, had a <laughs> peak playoff moment while he was hitting every shot. It wasn't enough. Dog, you're going to have to do that again with a roster that got older you don't really have too many young players that are improving. You know, and injury prone players. Yeah, man. Two I just, of their starting I'm, five can't get through a whole season. Yeah, man. Listen, dog. Listen. Here's the thing: it's your life. It's your yeah. choice, dog. They're gonna be all right. You gave they, them ten years, and there'll be a whole new fan base that's gonna love you, Dame. It's okay. Seriously, <laughs> you listen. Let's say you play until he's thirty-six. He plays the next four years. Plays two more years. He has some great seasons. He wins the championship, dog. They're not going to hate you. They're going to wind up rooting for you, all right? What's important for them 
is that they actually get a good haul back. And guess what? Do you know who can get a good haul? Trading Damian Lillard. That can get you a lot yeah. of good young players, man. Yeah. It works out for both teams. Yeah. Oh, He's my, in, my, Go ahead. Real quick, my last thing on this. I, I know a lot of these players idolize Kobe for, like, never leaving the Lakers. But, like, I just want to say two things about that. One, like you said, he demanded a trade at one point in his career. And two... Kobe Bryant would not have stayed with any organization if it wasn't like L.A. or New York, like a massive market. He wouldn't have just been okay those years after Shaq until they got Pau Gasol if it wasn't in Los Angeles. So let's not get this twisted. Dame's playing in Portland. I think he might feel a little bit different about his situation and maybe not winning it yet. Market. Hmm. Yeah, man, that, that, that's it for Dane, man. Um, like I said, it's just keep denying of rumors. Henry Abbott is not going to say you demanded a trade unless he had some good sources saying, yo, dog, this is happening. And even then, you keep – y'all read the quotes I said. It's like this weird middle ground. I'm trying to say it. I'm not really going to say it. Hold on. I might say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that's it on that. Uh, let's see if we have any other news and notes to talk about. Oh, last one, and we can get up out of here because our last podcast was mad long. But we appreciate all the listeners doing good. So, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Denver Nuggets guard forward has declined his 14.7 player option for the 2021-2000 and will become a free agent. There's a strong interest between the organization and Barton to negotiate a new deal once free agency open in August. Something or nothing. This is something because this is smart by Will Barton and his agent, and this is super risky by the Nuggets. This was a deal that should have been gotten. It should have gotten done already. He should right. never have gotten to the point where he could have opted out of a contract. Right. Um, Will Barton is one of those role players that teams fantasize about at night when they're when GMs are trying to build a roster for next season. Right. Because he could play the two or the three. He could also take some of the one responsibilities if you need him to. And he could shoot. He's going to play defense. Gets up and down the floor. And he's smart. He's a high IQ basketball player. It's going to be expensive for the Nuggets to try to sign him. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. It's going to depend on how much he wants to be back in Denver. Mm. All right, this is the last one. This is a guy that we don't talk about as much, but actually one of my favorite defensive players to watch. So, um, Nikeski, I'm sorry for pronouncing his name wrong, Duncan examines trades, possible trades for DeJounte Murray. So, recently, the Spurs have basically made everybody sort of available. Nobody's on the trading block. was like, hey, if you want a guy, you can get a guy. Now, DeJounte Murray is a guy that's super quick, very good defensive player. Um, he's 6'5", got good size, um, good as far as going to the rim. His jump shot isn't great. Now, it's not terrible, all right? He's a fine mid-range shot about uh, the mid-40s clips. And um, his He made runners at a 47% clip, so he's really good at the runners. Uh, he's about to turn 25 in about of a month. So there's a couple teams. I'm just going to name these teams and see if do you like any of these deals. Cavaliers, all right. Portland Trail Blazers, 
and maybe a John Collins signing trade for DeJounte Murray in Denver, or you have to throw the Thunder out there. Is any of those teams, and if you want, I can go into better detail, any of those teams interest you? No. <laughs> then I'll tell you the team that – see, okay, so here's the team that would interest me the most anytime you're talking about a point guard, the New York Knicks. Mm. And this is not disrespect to Derrick Rose, right? I just don't think you should play. Yeah, here's the thing with Rose, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. It's very important that they remember who Derrick Rose is. And I don't say that as a slight. I say that as love showing to him. Yes, he can play, but it's so important. Derrick Rose's doctor said, yo, 28 minutes a game. Dog, y'all go ahead and start and play him about these 36, 38 minutes a game for an 82-game season. What you think going to happen? Exactly. So my point is if they go out and get a – because – it's the Derrick Rose is going to get his minutes, right? But Alfred Payton is garbage. He's absolute hot trash. He's a bust from where he was drafted. He's he's a bust. Um, they got rid of Austin Rivers because we found out he no longer knows how to play the game of basketball. Uh, Frank Nealakina less about basketball since being in the NBA than when he was drafted because he's absolutely awful. Um, did I leave any other fake point guards out on the New York Knicks? I don't no. think I did. So my point is, if they go out and get a legitimate point guard, then you have Derrick Rose as the sixth man where he can give you, you know, that, that Giannis type, that hard 18 minutes a night. Right. And you save him for the playoffs when you might need him. But, yeah, if you can go out and get DeJounte Murray or go out and get Damian Lillard, wink, 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 you do that. And you figure the rest out later. But, yeah, this idea that you're going to play Derrick Rose 35 minutes, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Go so, ahead. Talk to I me in agree. December. Um, <laughs> anything that you like about a Colin Sexton for the Jante Murray tree? Um, sh- sure. I think Colin Sexton would be a great piece for the Spurs to build around. Um, I think the Spurs are trying to reset it but not reset it in a point where it's going to take five years to rebuild it. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to try to reset on the fly and they know that this is a deep draft, so they want picks. Um, But yeah, Colin Sexton would be a good fit. DeJounte Murray would be a terrible fit with Darius Garland. (laughs) I mean, they do the same exact thing. So I just, to me, that would be a weird fit. I feel like I would be more willing if I'm Cleveland, I want to give up Garland more than I want to give up Sexton if I'm getting back Murray. Mm. All right, and we're going to wrap it up there. We're just over the 34-minute mark. Listen, as always, I thank you all for the love and subscri- uh, love and support. Please like, share, and subscribe. Um, we're going to be coming back today is Sunday, so we got a good early pod. Tuesday game, so Wednesday we'll come back with a Wednesday episode. And then Mock Draft 3.0, picking up from spot number 15. We're coming back with our third installment of the draft. The draft is two weeks away, all right? So we'll try to get at least five mock drafts, and uh, we'll have some fun with it, um, not to be too repetitive. We'll maybe do a perspective of what the teams will do. Maybe even throw in some fake trades in there, all right? Have some fun with it. Uh, as always, this is the Know Your Role Player podcast. Y'all know where to listen to this app on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Stitcher, Overcast, CastBox, and many Google Podcasts, and many, many more, all right? Search Know Your Role Player, hashtag Know Your Role Player. That's K-N-O-W, 
Y A R O L E P L E Y E R. All right. As always, thank y'all for your support. We'll be back Wednesday. We may be talking about some results, either one way or another. I don't predict anything. I just make some guesses and have fun with it. All right. As always, thank y'all for the love and support. See y'all soon. Peace.